Anyway, let me let me start this thing and then we'll we'll talk about that. Okay. Okay, George. <laughs> no budget nightmares. Nightmares. Ooh, ooh, ooh. If you got just a little money but a whole lot of heart, Doug and Mo will sit back and watch your art. It's their duty just doing their part. Now let's hear if they recommend it or not. Uh, no budget nightmares. Ooh. No budget nightmares. No budget nightmares. Ooh. Mo Porn and Doug Tilly. No budget Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to No Budget Nightmares. This is Mo. He's a bad film hatin' while I skatin' all the while masturbatin'. And that's, that's Mo Pawn, yeah. yeah! And with me, as always, is the one and only Doug Tilly. He's bow, Doug bow, Tilly, bow, 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 number bow, one super bow, guy. Bow, bow. Doug. It's me. Yes, it's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, uh, we're running in a little bit of a different fashion today, so the sound clips, sometimes I'm not 100% sure when I'm supposed to jump in. But yeah, <laughs> Mo. No yes. budget nightmares. Woo! That's the show that we're on right now. <laughs> we are coming to you. Not so li- not so live. <laughs> it gets a little con- well. That's actually interesting that you say that, Mo, because I know you're going to be getting used to in the very near future yeah. doing some live performances. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's all going to be live. Uh, basically, it's like this month, uh, which for people who don't know, what are we in April? Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> currently in April, but starting in May. Uh, I'm, you know, for drunk on VHS, I'm going to be doing my shows live, uh, because why not? You know, let's, I mean, I don't do, I don't do hardly any editing on that show anyway. So it's like, you know, like I'll just, it it just means that I'll have to like be able to rein people in a little bit better. Like when, like, like, let's say I have you and John on the show again, I can't just let you run wild the way we normally (laughs) do. Like, it's like, we got it, you know. We got. We only have an hour. We we can't go an hour twenty like we want to. You know, no jail can hold me, Mo. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, no, I mean I think that's going to be a really interesting uh, experiment, and I think it's actually that sort of reining in of people is mm. probably going to just be better for the show in the long run. Anyway, right, right, exactly. You know, I I, I mean. I it, like like it was so bad when I had John and Matt on when we were talking well when we weren't talking about Hard to Die uh that I ended up having to break that into two shows just because yeah. it was it was so long and uh me and John and Matt actually got back together again and recorded an extra 20 minutes to fill out the, the second show uh where we actually talk about the movie so <laughs> it worked yeah, out I- it, it's uh, it's interesting because I know that both yourself and John, over at the After Movie Diner podcast, you're like pre-recording a bunch of shows, right? Right. To to release, uh, and it's it's fucking all my shit up, right? Because I'm I've been uh, I recorded with John now. It was like three weeks ago, mm. <laughs> and I'm like, I want to hear myself. I'm pretty sure that was pretty good. <laughs> and John hasn't played it yet. No, I don't think so. If he uh. did, I must have been very uh, distracted that day. No, you would know. He it's it's not like I mean you no, you'd, you'd have to be very distracted to not catch John's 
pro- promotions. Yeah, you no know. fucking kidding. <laughs> Maybe he junked it. Maybe he just is like, that's enough. No more Canadians. <laughs> no more Canadians. <laughs> but we're not talking about that anymore. We're talking about No Budget Nightmares, this show. Yep, yep. Uh, and this week we have a very interesting subject because it, us talking about it, is, it's going to be in a very different kind of structure than it normally would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's actually a movie, essentially, that everyone listening to this is probably intimately familiar with. Right, exactly. It's This is not your, uh, you know human behavior or your kill them and eat, or kill them and eat them or like deep cuts there. Mo. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like these like films that like, I mean, somebody, somebody might've seen, but most people have no idea what the hell they are. No, no, this one, everyone knows what it is. Or at least everyone thought they know. What it is. <laughs> I was just going to say thought they know what it is. Like that's not even a real sentence. Uh, this week we're covering Raiders of the Lost Dark. The, the adaptation, adaptation. Yep. from 1989. That's right. And for those listening who don't know what the fuck we're talking about, uh, 1989 was a very special year, wasn't it, Mo? Yes. Do you remember it very very well? Yeah, I was. I was. You know, nine for the first half, ten for the second half. Yeah, I remember it pretty well. I was eight for the first three quarters, and then nine for the last quarter. Mm. <laughs> so that's an important detail for those listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. In reality, this uh, even though we say this film is from 1989, in in truth, they started filming it back in 1982. Right. Uh, it, it was actually a group of, of three teenagers who were obsessed with Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I mean, uh, that's obsessed. something... Obsessed. Yeah, I mean, super obsessed. To the point that they decided that they were going to make a shot-for-shot remake of it. And uh, and I I love the, the I love that sort of commitment where you're like a kid and it's like yeah of course we'll do it we'll just do it yeah and that's <laughs> that's fucking balls too it's that kind of naive attitude yeah which uh, which it also kind of propels a lot of the filmmakers that we we talk to and cover on this show anyway where it's like yeah of course I can make a movie we got a camera <laughs> right I think I think actually when they went into it because there's actually a book that's uh, been written by uh, by these guys uh, about the making of of this. That they didn't even have a camera when they started. And, and remember as well, 1982, so there was no VHS version to check on. So they ended up uh, smuggling a tape recorder into the movie theater so wow. they could have the audio to work from. And then they went inside repeatedly so they could make storyboards in order to try to make it shot for shot. How fucking crazy is that? That is insane. No, right? I mean, it's and awesome. Course- it's amazing, but really fucking crazy. So they started filming in 1982 during the summer, and they continued to film during the summers of following years over seven years. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, this isn't a situation where, like, somebody's going from from being, like, 16 to, you know, whatever, you know, 22 or whatever it is. No, no. I mean, they, like, in 82... Uh, you know, they, I mean, they, they. I mean, how? I don't know how old these guys. They were twelve. Guys. They were all twelve when they when they started. Yeah. So, so I mean, so going from twelve to twenty, essentially, <laughs> or twelve to nineteen. I mean, that's that's pretty serious. And it's it's serious, and also it's incredibly visible because yeah. not only are the physical changes between twelve <laughs> and nineteen pretty significant, They're pretty but obvious. I mean, everyone's voice changes. It just during deep, the movie deepens. 
it must have been really kind of frustrating too to have worked on it for like four years and then suddenly be older and smarter and more capable (laughs) and realizing you probably had to like refilm a bunch of shit (laughs) and that now that the VHS version is out it's like oh yeah we screwed this up entirely but like they had the script they had the storyboards they had the audio and so what they use in this movie is they use all the music from Indiana Jones Mm. but they recreate the whole thing from start to finish, except for one scene, uh, pretty much exactly as is, with some interesting alternatives <laughs> when, <laughs> when when certain things might have been more difficult, or maybe they didn't have a monkey available. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite. That's that's absolutely my favorite when uh, when they reveal that the monkey is not a monkey. Brilliant. <laughs> it- it's terrific, uh, and and again, we, we go back to the idea of I, I called it naivete, but it's also that sort of passion where once you've done it, like once they had started doing this over a period of say two summers, you could tell that this was an obsession that they had to continue right. to do. Uh, but also because if they didn't, it would make the whole process seemed like a whole waste of time it was it would have been a huge waste of time now now me sitting here thinking about like projects i've tried to get off the ground and i have a hard enough time getting my five you know my four or five closest friends you know to sit down for a weekend and do something with me and these guys did it for eight years you know i mean that's that's incredible and I mean, there were a lot of difficulties within that sure, within those eight sure. years, as you can imagine. But I mean, even the building of all the sets and 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 it gets like complicated because for those of you who haven't seen Raiders of the Lost Ark in a little while, there's a lot of special effects in that movie, right? Right. And there's a lot of like really dangerous stunts in that movie, yeah. say involving moving vehicles or fire <laughs> or yeah, explosions and snakes. So uh, people might be who, who don't know much about this might be wondering, well, how did people even find out that this thing existed? Mm. Well, in 1989, they did release it sort of on a minor scale. Obviously, they probably didn't want to get sued. Right. So, so it was just sort of generally, I guess, available throughout uh, Mississippi, which uh, where these kids were from. Uh, and it turned up at one of those butt numathons that uh, Harry Knowles does in Austin, Texas, in like 2002. I think Eli Roth brought it, uh, and it it sort of became, I would say, kind of a minor sensation after that screening, and it ended up uh, leading to a book, and now they're trying to make a film about the making of it. Uh, the oh, guy I'd who directed uh, Jared Hess, I think, I think that's his name, the guy who directed Napoleon Dynamite, yeah. wants to direct it. And they recently did a Kickstarter to raise fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, they're going to reunite after twenty five years. These guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the age differences between it. scenes. Yeah, it's amazing because the, of the one scene that they don't recreate in the movie, uh, and we'll talk about that when we get to it. But you can probably guess what it is. Though maybe you can't because it it certainly isn't like the major special effects scene. It's because of one particular element that there's just no way that they could have recreated. I got to tell you, I don't remember which scene we're talking about well then i'll give it away right now it's the scene where uh the ark is going to be loaded onto a plane uh and indy gets in the fight with the big oh, ball right, Nazi, and, right. he, and he gets knocked into the propeller yeah, well yeah, they, they didn't have access to a plane so they or want a to bald nazi or a big bald nazi who could fall into the propeller. but they did have access to a plane there's another scene where they all get onto a plane I think uh, in this case, it's because of the danger of having oh, to have fight sure, scenes next to sure. moving propellers. <laughs> yeah, I guess that makes sense. 
And I mean, that's a specific, like, you're right, they do have a plane, but that kind of plane where you have to have, like, swastikas all over it. <laughs> Not that that stopped them in any of the other scenes. Actually, it's kind of amazing some of the stuff they were able to get their hands on or get permission to use. I mean, like, there's a Rolls Royce in the film. Yes, there is. You know? Absolutely. Like, so where the hell they, I mean, like, they shit would keep popping up, and I'd be like, where are they getting this stuff? One of the great uh, kind of stories, uh, and, and it's, it actually continues through a lot of the beginning part of the book, is about them trying to make the giant boulder in the, in the first sequence and how difficult that was. And in fact, once they figured out a way to do it, they built it inside a place and could not fit it through the door in order to get it back out, <laughs> which is such a kid thing to do. Right. But, uh, but for those who haven't seen it, uh, it is available through certain channels out there. Obviously, there, it does, hasn't had a legit release. But uh, it's, it's exactly what you probably think it is. Yeah. It's kids recreating Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's like actually, a Muppet Babies. Actually, <laughs> I was going to say, actually, it's probably a lot better than you're thinking. That's true. Yeah. And in fact, all I could think about while I was watching it was, despite the fact like the video quality was kind of shitty. Yeah. Uh, and, and the and, audio, uh, the, the audio quality is really shitty. The audio quality is really shitty, and it really and it changes from scene to scene yeah. too. Despite that, it has a higher production value by a significant amount than a lot of the films we've covered. I would say this might even have like a higher production value than like, you know, than like Reanimator Academy did or. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of some of the other lower end ones, but I mean, we, <laughs> but we definitely. I mean, this definitely has a higher production value than than I'd say, maybe eight to ten of the films that we've already covered. Right. You know. And 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 I mean, the acting because most of them are kids, it's going to be pretty bad. But you also got to give them credit <laughs> that that at least when it comes to the Indiana Jones role, and I think the Belloc role as well, and really the Marion role, that that they're pretty capable. Uh, surprisingly so. Yeah. Yeah, they actually uh, they actually do a pretty good job. Uh, I mean, there's, there was only really one scene where I said, "Oh man, he's really you know falling over those lines." And there's a sort of um, oh god, what's uh, Jonathan Reese Davis's uh, character. his character's name? Yeah. Uh, oh shit! <laughs> I, I should know this offhand. Is it Sala? Yeah, I think it's Sala. Yeah, um, when the kid who's playing him who is brilliant because he's just this <laughs> tiny little white kid, you know. Tiny little white kid with a fake beard. With a fake beard. Brilliant. I love it. <laughs> but, uh, like, yeah, there's one There's one sort of, like, extended kind of soliloquy where he's he's talking about something and, uh, and just, I mean, just eating his lines. He's just having such a hard time getting them out. But that's the only... T- I mean, think about it, though. The entire film, the, it's, it's, this is one... This is an hour and, what, 40 minutes? 38 uh-huh. minutes? Something like that? And that's the one moment where I said, wow, he's really fucking up those lines. That's not bad. There's uh, there's certainly a lot of, of novelty that will be kind of the initial interest of this. I right. remember trying to watch this for the first time. Uh, and this would have been maybe a year and a half ago or something like that. Uh-huh. And and I watched it for like, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And I was like, I got it. <laughs> you know, there's the novelty of seeing kids act as adults, you know, in kind right. of that Bugsy Malone sort of way. <laughs> right, uh, right. But I wasn't sitting down to really sort of appreciate the, the scope of their accomplishment. Right. But this time watching it from beginning to end all in one go, used, I think the, the most of the times when I've watched it before, I just skip around to scenes that are like super recognizable. Right, right. But this time watching it all, uh, like even those scenes that take place in like the streets of Cairo and have they have to just recreate that. <laughs> <laughs> Right, they, they have 
like like a half dozen extras just moving around just, to make it just, look like this <laughs> and just literally say rabble 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 <laughs> uh but um I think I think accomplishment is the right word because this this is a group of people who I mean the like you said the fact that they managed to finish it is the amazing that really is amazing I mean I have a hard enough time finishing like you know three minute videos that I'm the only person involved in <laughs> you know yes well <laughs> <laughs> I mean and yeah and there I mean there are definitely moments where it's like oh you know, like where like the VHS tape is kind of being like eaten a little bit, you know. But I mean, whatever. Well, it, I mean, and also you can sort of see the the development of video quality as right. it goes along, right? I mean, the ones right. that are the, the scenes that were obviously filmed later in the '80s are of visibly higher quality, right? Because they're they're technically more capable and they're older and smarter, yeah. And and you know, it just kind of comes together. So, uh, but I mean, that's just that makes it even more amusing when you see it switch. I mean, from. Yeah, and this is one of those things where, where like, you know, if these guys, if any of these guys wanted to get a job in, you know, the business, and I don't know what they're doing, but I mean, if they did, I mean, what better way to say, well, I did do a shot-for-shot remake of, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark when I was 12 you know, through I mean, 20. <laughs> and and it's, it's interesting to note as well that this sort of process of doing shot-for-shot remakes on a low budget, this is sort of sweeting for those who've seen right, right. Kind Rewind. I mean, that's become incredibly popular over the last few years. Yeah. Uh, but this is sort of the first... I mean, it's, it's not the, the real first example. People made short versions, but in right. terms of a full length, yeah. I mean, this is, this is something that was well ahead of its what time. A, what an epic scale. It's really insane. Yeah, also to try to recreate... A movie to start with Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, exactly. That's the crazy part. They started with Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, it really is the equivalent of trying to like recreate Star Wars yeah. with your friends. <laughs> you know, like, oh, hey guys, you know, I really liked Empire Strikes Back. Let's do that one. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's now, do first that. thing, how are we going to make a lightsaber? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I would have given up right there and then. Well, you Giant know, older. Well, we can't do that. Yeah, exactly. Like if I if I was doing this one, I'd be like, well, there's here's the problem. We don't have a monkey. You know, the end. Yeah, the <laughs> end. Can't do it. These guys are like, no, it's okay. I got a dog. I'm good. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll figure it out once we get to we'll, it. We'll figure it out. It's like you know what? You know what? Here, if yeah, look, I've got a small enough dog. Just put it on your shoulder. You're you're good. And that's exactly what they did. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's let's start talking about the actual movie. Yeah. <laughs> now it was directed by a guy named Eric Zala, who uh, again, these guys uh, they they sort of drifted apart as they would have after 1989. But it looks like uh, because of the notoriety in recent years, they've all sort of come together once again. It's nice that they can do that. Uh, and uh, it starts with a kind of an opening crawl, which talks about why they made the movie, that it took eight years, uh, and it's got that great. Late eighties, vi- late eighties video look yeah. to the text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, the the trademark Todd Sheets esque look. <laughs> All it's missing is a Trust in Us production <laughs> and music by Anoki and Key. <laughs> uh, and it, it's this is going to be so weird to talk about Mo because because we're, we're just going to be talking about Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, like I so, almost I almost kind of not want to talk about. It. I want to just talk about like key moments you know and like not go like i mean i i don't i think we could get away with not doing like the shot for shot sort of absolutely i think we, we just need to talk about it from the perspective of what did they do to recreate some of this right stuff. right so let's just talk about the the opening sequence in general because that's such an iconic sequence in raiders of the lost ark anyway right 
Uh, because you have this uh, this actor, this uh, and he's he's Indiana Jones, uh, Chris Strompolis. <laughs> Sorry, Chris Strompolis plays uh, Indiana Jones in this. And if you watch this opening scene, you get a sense of what things are going to be like for the whole movie, which is that uh, the video quality is all over the place, the audio is kind of shitty, mm-hmm. but it's Indiana Jones, right? Yeah, the guy the guy pulls the gun on him in that opening, and Indiana Jones pulls out the whip and and swats it out of his hand, and and for that moment, that young actor is Indiana Jones. Yeah, it goes back to what I've been reading a lot lately. You know, a couple of weeks ago when they announced that uh, that Bradley Cooper might be the new Indiana Jones, and it ended up not being necessarily true, mm. but people like were freaking out, right? Were they? The, I wasn't paying attention. Well, I know you're busy, Mo, but people are freaking out. <laughs> look, look, but, look. There are there are porn booths that need mopping, and I'm the man, <laughs> and I'm the man who's got to do it. So, well, people were flipping out, but uh, some uh, folks were mentioning that when you think about Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford's performance is important, but it's the icon- iconography that's really important, right, right? Right. It's the hat. It's the jacket. It's the attitude. It's the whip, right? I mean, and that well, I is mean, what kind of makes that character. Yeah, and it's also ultimately the reason why Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls was so bad, because yes. they, because they because that was the biggest thing they fucked up. I mean, the acting's not terrible. You know, the the plot's not. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, well, half of the plot's not that bad. You know, it's really once you know once you lose. The, you know, the iconography, once you lose, like, the hat, the whip, you know, and, like, there are things that, like, every Indiana Jones film does, and, like, the, 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 like, every time you get that first reveal of Indy, it's always, like, a big moment, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, you know, and, like, and, like, that one lost it, I mean, even this one nails it, you know? Yeah, yeah, they do, they nail it. Yeah, they nail it. <laughs> they did a really good job. Now, uh, of course, it's not being shot in a jungle in this case. No, uh, it's, in, it's in a temperate forest, but, you know, <laughs> whatever. My favorite part of this scene, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit. We'll go back in a moment. But sure. it's the Hovitos, the the sort of um, the natives, the, the natives, I guess we would call them. Yeah. Uh, but they're all little kids. Yeah. <laughs> and they're so great. There's this like chubby little kid in the foreground <laughs> running over stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, the, the Hovitos. It's too bad you do not speak Hovito. <laughs> so he goes into this uh, the temple at the beginning or, or the, the cave. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's like all built in their uh, – garage or basement or something like that yeah and i mean it it does the job it looks as good as those old doctor who episodes i'm watching right. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part is when uh in the in the scene in the um uh in raiders of the lost ark where they ha- uh, have spiders all over them and he swipes a spider off of himself uh and then um the other guy's got a half dozen on his back half a dozen but in this case they're they're just like Pipe cleaner spiders. Yeah, I said I said that they all vaguely look like the creatures from Things, you know, <laughs> like that sort of quality. But it, it, but I mean, it works, you know. Whatever. We shouldn't give the impression, by the way, that everything is going to be kind of cutesy. They do their best to recreate stuff as best they can. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they're not trying to. They're not trying to do a cute version of it. They're trying to recreate the film. And that's another thing, by the way. Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's a violent movie. Yeah. Like, Indiana Jones kills like a dozen people in it. Yeah, and and like that opening scene in particular, right? Because you see, uh, you see characters get like you see corpses, and I mean, actually, right. that's the entire movie. Yeah, it's 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 something else. <laughs> yep. 
So uh, they, of course, Indy uh, has to get the idol. The idol in this case does not look just like the idol. It's, from a, the it's a little off, but I mean, yeah. you know, it's. I, th- I, think, I think my note was. Um, oh, what does it say? Uh, uh, yeah, I said. Uh, I said Indy makes his way across the booby-trapped floor to get to the idol. It looks ridiculous, but not bad for the lack of budget they had. <laughs> and I think that's something that we're going to be continually returning to. Right. Exactly. That, that, like, yeah. I mean, it looks okay for the money they were dealing with, i.e., none. So uh, he grabs the idol, and I mean, the, all of this, you know, it looks like it's supposed to, especially when he's grabbing the idol, even though the room looks so much smaller than right, it does in right. the What I liked was that when it started to collapse, that actually looks really good, all, yeah. the, all the shit falling from the ceiling. Right. And then, then you got the Alfred Molina equivalent, you know, do, doing the throw me the whip, throw me the idol thing. I yep. mean, it's, it's, we've seen this all before, but one thing I wanted to mention was um, when, when the... Uh, Santibo, I think, is the actor, is the character's name. Santibo, uh-huh. that's right, Alfred Molina. In the original, when he gets stabbed through the the booby trap right. uh, and killed, in this case, they just have the kid with all the spikes through him instead yeah. of like a, a a dummy. Yeah, <laughs> so they just kill the kid. It's pretty cool. <laughs> and then we have the giant boulder, which looks really good in this. By it the way, it really does. It's it's almost a shame that that shot doesn't go on longer. You know. <laughs> Like it's a real, it's a real quick shot, but I mean, you know, I mean, understandably so, but I like, I like the way that they, that they pulled it off. You know, uh, let's jump to sound clip number two, where they do the throw me the whip, throw throw me the idol, just to get an idea for people who hasn't, haven't seen it, what that kind of sound quality is like. Well, let's do sound clip one and then we'll, we'll, we'll do them both. All right. So here's one where they're, this is right at the very beginning where they, where they discover the poison tip dart in the tree and sure. Yeah. If they knew we were here, they would have killed us already. So, I mean, that's actually not that bad. No, actually, that, that one's pretty good. You can pretty... tell that they're trying to make themselves sound a little bit older. I, I do, however, have to tell you that I did have to amplify that clip quite a bit. <laughs> so, I bet. So, I mean, these clips are going to sound significantly better than they do in the movie because I fixed them. <laughs> but and, and I mean also keeping in mind that even the version we have is probably not a first generation. It's it's Oh, who it's knows definitely. How. Yeah. All right, so here's the uh the throw me the whip, throw me the idol. Give me the whip. No time to argue. You throw me the idol, I throw you the whip. See, that's one of those scenes where, like, and that's it. I mean, that's, you know, where where it's, uh, like, the wind in one particular, at the second half of that is so bad. Where it's like, you know, throw me the whip! And you can see the guy moving, moving his mouth, saying something, but you just can't hear a word he's fucking saying. Yeah, right. (laughs) And, of course, they're shooting. Oh, and, you know, this is being shot on... I, it probably was like on on a beta uh, a beta cam uh, or something like that. Right. So I mean, it's it looks like you know your home movies, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, it was probably shot on like a first generation camcorder. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Know. So Indy escapes, uh, and uh, for anyone who is very familiar with Raiders, they uh, they know that when he gets outside, Belloc is there mm-hmm. to take the idol away from him. And Belloc, in this case, is uh, played by Eric Zala, the director. Now. Um, Paul Freeman, who plays Belloc in Raiders of the Lost Ark, he 
Uh, I re- I watched it actually recently, and and my wife was watching it with me, and she kept saying about how bad his French accent was, and it is pretty bad. But since he's British, I guess it's okay because as long as he has an accent, right? But uh, I'll give Eric Zola credit; he tries to do the French accent, and it doesn't always work, especially in his younger scenes. Right, right. <laughs> but as he gets older, it seems like you know he's really throwing himself in there. Yeah. <laughs> so let's hear his uh, classic response to uh, to taking the idol. Dr. Jones, again we see there is nothing you can possess which I cannot take away, and you thought I'd give up. Take away. <laughs> You'll see there is nothing you can possess that I cannot take away. Like he must he also he, does. He watched, he, watched, he must have watched like a full week of like Jacques Cousteau videos before. <laughs> you know. And here we see the lovely jellyfish. He also gets that classic, uh, he holds the idol and laughs maniacally. <laughs> he does that a while couple the, of times. Yeah, while the Javitos are running after Indiana Jones. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you, of course, prepubescent like. Yeah. <laughs> so those of you, again, who are familiar with Raiders of the Lost Ark are probably wondering about the next sequence, which involves Indy running and getting in an airplane and uh, flying off into the sunset. Uh, getting away from being chased by the Havitos. Well, uh, they do it in a uh, restrained way. (laughs) (laughs) They have a kid on a boat. Yep. uh, (laughs) And they just do it all on a boat. Yeah, they just do it on a boat. It works. It works. He gets away. That's the main thing, right? It's the equivalent. Like, And the funny thing is you're watching him do the stunt on a boat and you think to yourself, if he lets go, he's going to get hurt because he's going to get sucked right under the boat. And uh-huh. right into the propeller. <laughs> yeah, it's dangerous. I mean, and, and even him jumping into the water, right. these are just the first of kind of the stunts we see. But just recall, Harrison Ford had one of the greatest stuntmen that ever lived to double him. Right. This kid has himself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the best part is that when he jumps into the water, like they're throwing the spears at him and a couple actually hit him. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like he gets, he gets two or three in the back before he starts swimming away. <laughs> In reality, those spears and like arrows, they don't look any worse in this one than they do in Raiders of the Lost Ark where they're all coming off sideways. <laughs> and, as, uh, and as Indy uh, and the boat captain uh, drive away, uh, we get uh, one more classic line. I love that kid's uh, show a little backbone, will you? Yeah, he, it's funny how like he almost sounds drunk. Oh, come yeah. on, show a little backbone, will you? So that is the entire <laughs> opening sequence. Yep. We're all totally familiar with it, but at this point, if you've watched the movie, you know exactly what you're going to be getting for the rest of it. Uh, everyone is trying their best. Right. And they go, you know, the next sequence takes place in the classroom uh, where, where, you know, I read a couple of days ago, and it's so true that someone uh, wrote on Twitter that they'd watched Raiders of the Lost Ark dozens of times, but they only realized that this most recent time that Indiana Jones teaches at the only college that has bells that ring between classes. And that's true, right? You don't, that's not, you don't do that during college. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) I never never even noticed that. Well, oh, well, in this sequence, uh, Indiana Jones is teaching a class. I'm sure everyone is aware of it. And uh, one of the students has Love You written on their eyelids. Yep. 
it's kind of, it's a little more disconcerting. Maybe it's less disconcerting when they're just all 13-year-olds. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's probably more disconcerting when it's 39-year-old Harrison Ford. <laughs> yeah, you know, meanwhile, you know, he's dealing with like a 20-year-old girl. <laughs> this uh this is one of the first examples as well uh, of one of those kind of major age changes that happen uh in the midst of a scene right. when that when he first notices the girl with the love you written on her eyelids <laughs> in what looks like marker uh it it switches back to him and he reacts to it and he ages probably 5 or 6 years just in that <laughs> jump <laughs> well you know it's his hormones kicking in immediately and just ages him <laughs> oh my so, god so brody uh who uh the actor the young actor who plays brody in this case william coon he is again uh also trying his best and not really nailing that british accent <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, it's great british accents are tough yeah they are so he grabs indy brings him to the government agents who are uh trying to find out what happened why hitler is so obsessed with getting uh the staff of raw and right. all that shit but these agents are great like they hit it, they're so perfect because they are like little kids. Yeah, <laughs> they're like ten or eleven years old. <laughs> There's a part, and again, because I've seen Raiders a lot lately, where one of the agents in in the original version kind of steps on the other, and uh, he gives him like the guy who gets stepped like stepped on verbally. He, he gives him this weird look, and they do that in this scene, <laughs> and you can just tell these kids watch that movie dozens of fucking times. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, lo- I love when they would when they would pick up on those little things that may may not have necessarily been you know in the script from you know in the, like the actual script. Meanwhile, like they're just recreating they're recreating the ad libs. Yes, that's brilliant. That's exactly right. I love it. I mean, when when we think of that scene where Indy picks up the idol and he kind of rubs his face beforehand, that's iconic now. Right. And of course, it was becoming iconic then. But they started. In 1982. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so uh, they explain uh, about the finding the Staff of Ra and uh, the headpiece and that they're going to send uh, Indy off to, to get it. Um, and, and if you want to get an example of what Brody's uh, accent is like, uh, here's another famous line reading. Good God. Yes, that's just what the Hebrews thought. <laughs> that's just what the Hebrews thought. Right. <laughs> well, it's better than me. I mean, the only British accent I can do is "Hello, hello." Let's, let's hear your uh, let's hear your John Cross impression. Hello, welcome to After hello. Movie Diner. Hello. <laughs> I've heard him do that one. It's actually yeah, it's pretty yeah. spot on. That's pretty spot on. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so the government agents do indeed agree that Indiana Jones uh, off in search of uh, well, he first thing he needs to do is find, of course, this the headpiece of the staff of Ra. Uh, and he needs to visit his old beau, Marion Ravenwood. <laughs> yep. One of the great things, and one of the kind of uh, one of the things that's consistent across all the Indiana Jones movies is that when he's traveling a large distance, they use a map, and they yeah, they, uh, travel by, they travel by map. They travel by map, and in fact, uh, having grown up in Newfoundland, I take great pride in the fact that I think in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, he stops in Newfoundland <laughs> and moves on to somewhere else. I'm like. Wow, Indiana Jones was here in fiction. <laughs> like it was actually, it was actually like in this next couple of scenes where I was just, where I just had those two moments where it's like that's where we we get the Rolls Royce, that's where we get the real plane, and I'm like, and like my reaction, like literally my notes to say, wow, they got a Rolls Royce, yeah, you know, wow, they do. wow, they had a plane, you know, it's like, 
I mean, it's not the sort of thing you'd be like, oh, well, my neighbor might have something like that, you know, where like I could understand where they'd have a bunch, you know, they'd be able to get a bunch of machetes, you know, but uh, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Like, I, I'd love to find the story out about that one. I'm like, oh, well, you got a fucking Rolls Royce. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. I mean, again, if you just need them for the purpose of someone getting out of it or in the case of the plane someone just getting on it it's it's not as i love that the plane by the way compared to the one in the original is like it seats like six people as opposed right. to like 20 right right right, right. <laughs> but hey like you said it's an accomplishment yeah exactly you know so in in this case the traveling by map is actually travel by globe and it's like they use like stop motion it's pretty cool have a, have a red line just appear and it's like you got to do it how else are you going to do it right exactly it works. Totally works. So they get to Marion's bar, and this is, of course, uh, we are introduced to Marion as she's doing a uh, a drinking contest against one of her customers. Right. And I, I got you to grab the audio on the crowd because I thought it was so funny. Oh, this, this, this is the best crowd audio in, in the film. All right, here we go. Like, I love when you literally can hear them just saying, rabble, 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 rabble. Yeah, that's exactly it. Because it's supposed to be in Nepal, right? How, how are these fucking kids that you have as extras going to know what to say? So just make noise. And I, I love whatever they have to talk in, like, a foreign language. Like, you can tell that they tried, like, phonetically, you know, to sort of sound it out how it sounds in the film. But most of it's just fucking gibberish. <laughs> so great. Yeah, and and this sequence is, I mean, we talked about the accomplishment of kind of getting a plane, getting a, a Rolls Royce. This sequence is, I think, even more impressive than anything that we've seen so far. Actually, it actually really is. It's really nuts. Because what happens, for those who ha- haven't seen Raiders for a while, is Indy talks to Marion. They've had a complicated relationship uh, mm-hmm. because uh, he kind of ran off while she was young because she had feelings for him. Uh, she asks him to come back and she'll give him the headpiece, maybe. Uh, and after he leaves, uh, the Germans come in and basically are about to torture her. The and then Germans? Indy- <laughs> the Germans show up. Uh, and they're about to uh, torture her. And then Indy shows up and uh, uses his whip <laughs> to knock a gun out of uh, the Nazi's hand once again. And then it turns into a fire fight. Yep. By which I mean there's gunfire and fire. Fire, fire, yeah. They film this in a basement. And they set the shit out of it on fire. That's not that doesn't work, but they set it on fire. Yeah, this is so dangerous. How did going- how did any of them survive this? I can't even imagine. I'm thinking back to when I was like 12 to 14. Yeah. Let's say the age where they probably were filming this, and I'm like, uh, I would set myself on fire after like two seconds. Yeah, I would. Oh yeah, I would have been dead. Yeah, yeah. Not to mention they're in a basement. Yeah, right. It's so not, it's not like it's so in a shed dangerous to like, like smoke yeah. and shit. You know, and not to mention the fact that how bad must that house have smelled for weeks after they filmed that? I'm thinking of the sequence where Indiana Jones gets in a fist fight with a guy whose arm is on fire. Right. And they do that here. Yeah, they set the dude's arm on fire. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, well, they're not going to do that. That what? would be way dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's some dangerous shit they're not going to do. What? They're setting his arm on fire. <laughs> My notes here say, this sequence is crazy. Gunfire, sparklers, 
actual fucking fire, yeah. it looks so goddamn dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like they have like broken bottles and shit. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it, it's amazing what they were able to get away with. I think uh, one of the kids had his parents uh, got divorced, so I guess they were being a little more permissive, oh. <laughs> <laughs> letting him set himself on fire. <laughs> Oh, hey, mom, you know, I'd, you know, you know, you'd love me more if I could, you know, set myself on fire, right? Okay, son. (laughs) Ask your father. Well, uh, uh, the glass of wine. We get introduced in this entire sequence to Marion, played by Angela Rodriguez, and she does a really good job, too. She's great. Yeah. I mean, these. uh, I love how her hair keeps changing. That's, (laughs) That's the best part. These are mostly, for the most part, these are all kids playing adult, right? But uh, the the actor uh, Chris Strombolis, who uh, plays Indiana Jones, you keep, and you keep wanting to say Strombolis, aren't you? you know. And I, you know what? I keep wanting to say Strombolopolis <laughs> uh, because I'm Canadian, of course. <laughs> But but uh, and Angela, she, they're the only two characters who sort of come off as being they come off as being more mature than everyone else in the movie. Right. So it, it makes sense that they're the main characters. Yeah. So the bar burns down, <laughs> <laughs> and they're outside in quotation marks Nepal, and uh, and Marion is going to join him on his journey as she voices in this clip. Yep, yep. Uh, I I was uh, what, what I was most impressed with about that particular line reading was that in the original they're outside in the snow and everything is like really obviously eighty yard. But in this one, hey, they said it. Yeah. <laughs> they just yelled at each other, which is fine. <laughs> they're, so they're like ad what? <laughs> <laughs> so they're off to Cairo, Cairo, Egypt. All right. Now. What they need in order to recreate Cairo <laughs> is a few buildings. A lot of bed sheets. A lot of bed sheets. In the, a lot of bed sheets. A lot of bed sheets. And sand. Right. <laughs> they need a lot of sand. A lot of because sand. Because you, you may recall that they're digging in the sand right. to try to find the a lost ark. Right, right. Well, they do. They actually had access to a sand pit, which might not have the, uh, the sort of, of expanse of... of you know, actually filming. So what if there's some trees in the background? <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? If in the sequence where Indiana Jones has to go to the actual location of the Ark and is supposed to be digging, you know, fairly, uh, you know, maybe a couple of miles away from the actual actual dig. dig. <laughs> in this, he's, he's literally, literally like 20 10 feet. feet. Yeah, they just need to look feet. up and there he is. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody notices him, though. That's the best part. But as we mentioned before, yes, the monkey... In this sequence, the, the, of course, the Nazi monkey we should mention. Well, yeah, I mean, who, you know, Nazis were known for their monkeys. Well, the trained Nazi monkey in this sequence has now been replaced with a trained Nazi dog. Adorable little puppy dog. <laughs> he is actually a really cute dog, and I was uh, sad to say that, uh, that this film is actually dedicated to that dog named Snickers, who passed away before the film was complete. Aww. Oh, poor Snickers. Of course, again, did it, did it that was over date? 20 years ago. Did it eat some bad dates? <laughs> you eat them. You eat them. <laughs> so uh, we are introduced to um, 
to uh, the John Rice Davies character in the original Sala, uh-huh. uh, and again played by a kid wearing a fake beard, and this kid is hilarious. Did you notice that like when they sat down in the, like the little cafe in the bazaar that like there was a little bowl filled with oranges, and one of them had like a little face carved yes, into it. Yes, I did notice that. <laughs> I'm like, that's great. <laughs> Meanwhile, Indiana Jones is like peeling an orange with a knife, and he's just cutting it to shit. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows how many takes they had, right? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so they go off on the streets of Cairo, and this is another big action sequence. Right. Uh, it's again, it's, it's really well done considering that they didn't have like streets to run down. Right. Uh, th- there's that part where Indiana Jones is knocking. Yeah, Marion has been kind of captured and put in one of those big baskets, yeah. and Indiana Jones is knocking them off of people's heads. And I mean, that sequence plays almost exactly like it does in the movie. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, one of the things I really liked was there's a part where Marion runs into uh, like a a bad guy with really bad teeth. I love the bad fake teeth. Right, and he laughs. He goes ah because <laughs> he's got the big knife, and then he he runs after her and she knocks him over the head with like a frying pan or something. Right, and knocks him unconscious. But that's the I love the kid with the bad teeth. <laughs> yeah, and I love how he's credited as like the bad teeth bad guy or something like that. <laughs> bad tooth, bad tooth Egyptian. <laughs> and of course, the dog has to do all the stuff that the monkey did in the original. So, yeah, so he's he up has, on shoulders, yeah, <laughs> and alerting the Nazis to where people are hiding. <laughs> What's that? What's that? Indiana Jones is down a well, boy. Oh, and of course, we also get we get the iconic sequence where Indiana Jones shoots the uh, the swordsman who does the big routine. Yeah, uh, the diarrhea which, which, shot. <laughs> must be when you want when you're thinking. You know what? I want to do a shot for shot remake of. Raiders of the Lost Ark, that must be the scene that you're thinking of wanting to do. Right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, those of you, again, who are familiar with this movie might recall that it ends with Marion getting the shit blown out of her. <laughs> she gets blown up. Blowed up. Uh, now, you might wonder, well, how did they blow up a car for this movie? They didn't. <laughs> it, it does happen off screen. However, they do have a car that they did set on fire. <laughs> I can see why you'd want to make a shot for shot remake of a movie because it seems like they got to do a lot of cool shit. Yeah. <laughs> like setting a car on fire and setting themselves on fire. Well, you know, that's what I want to do with my life. <laughs> I want to rock. <laughs> Boom. Um, <laughs> that, was as, that was as much Twisted Sister. I was, uh, oh, yeah, was it? Twisted Sister? Twi- yes, it was Twisted Sister. Sorry, it's late. <laughs> it ain't that late. <laughs> No! No, 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 There we go. <clears throat> I'd have been in work for two hours at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so, we get the now the confrontation between Belloc and Indiana Jones. And uh, this, is, this is actually a really well-done scene, considering that it involves acting. Uh, we also get to hear Belloc's accent in a little bit more detail, uh, especially in the, in the bit where he uh, tells Indy that both of them are very similar. You and I are very much alike. That's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> when I sent you over the audio clip, I put dot, 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 which is... Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I <laughs> to took the that... end of the sentence, I maybe. took that one a little too literally then. <laughs> Whoops. Oh, but uh, uh, I'll just recreate it for you. You and I are very much alike. <laughs> 
yeah, I just thought I just thought you liked uh, the way he said that line. I thought it was like, oh, I, well, I did. I really did. Uh, but everyone is waiting for the bad dates uh, yeah, sequel, <laughs> which is just about to happen because. Um, Again, this is a sequence where there have been some poison dates put into the room, just like Chekhov's gun. Uh, and the whole sequence, Indy is finding out that the Nazis, they are digging in the wrong spot. What? Yes. Whoa. Because they're using the uh, the one side of the medallion, the, the headpiece that had been burned onto the Nazi's hand. Right. And it gave the wrong length of the stick. Hmm. Yeah. They're they're digging in the wrong spot. They're digging in the wrong spot. They're digging in the wrong spot. There we go. Pretty good. That's my John Rise Davies. They're digging in the wrong spot. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Uh, they're digging in the wrong spot. That's right. <laughs> as five years pass in the middle of the Uh sadly, Snickers, as he died in life, he dies in the movie from eating bad dates. Oh, All right. That line is uh, not very audible, even in the movie. Uh, I don't know how much sweetening you did, but uh, yeah, bad dates. Yeah, I I amplified that one a lot. <laughs> Pumped it up pretty good. Still, still pretty un- inaudible. So uh, now we go to the sand pit, and that's what it is. It's just a big pit of sand that they're able to have access to. And this, hey, it this does- is this is actually one of my favorite moments when. Uh, uh, yeah, so they're at the sand pit, you know, and we see the Nazis digging in the background, and they're off on their own little area. And uh, and Sala is, you know, because in the film he's a big dude. Sala, so, yeah. <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> Tala. Tala. Um. So so it's it, it's understandable that he'd be at the top with the rope around him bracing Indy as he goes right. as he goes down. Meanwhile, <laughs> in this, he's this tiny little dude and like the guy who plays Indy, I mean I'm not going to call him fat, he's not. What but he's way bigger than the, <laughs> than the other kid. Yeah, he I mean he looks a good like 4 or 5 years older. Right, even. exactly. Exactly. Meanwhile, you know, it's like here, you know, He's like trying to brace him. It's oh, it's like a losing <laughs> battle. It's hilarious. So Indy goes into the pit with the staff, and and uh, this sequence is amusing because in the original, you know, they have a fairly detailed uh, stone-looking city that right. the that the light is going to shine on. But in this case, it's all like made out of cardboard <laughs> and clay. <laughs> That's right, cardboard and clay. You know, the regular stuff that you would make make uh, make a city out of. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's it's. Uh, he is climbing from this sand pit into a set that they built in either the basement or the garage of this guy's house. Right. So in, in that sense, you got to give it to him uh, in th- that they recreated fairly well. Yeah. Now, we don't, we don't get the fancy Richard Edland light beam effect. We just get to see the sun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the thing that really kind of uh, surprised me about this scene is that they were able to um, – Get a, a a Nazi flag. Yeah, well, I mean, it looks I like they know where to go to get it, one of those. I think they made it. It looks like they made it. It looked a little homemade. Yeah. That said, that's a weird thing to have in your house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't want to think about the amount of things that they would have had to have kept around for eight years and had swastikas all over them. I'm thinking about those Nazi uniforms with right. the armbands and stuff. Right, right? exactly. Like little kid-sized uniforms. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it didn't really hit me. It didn't really hit me how like 
maybe slightly inappropriate if this whole thing is until you start hearing the little kids going, Sieg Heil! Sieg Heil! That's right. Heil Hitler! Heil Hitler! It's like, whoa. What will the Fuhrer say when he opens <laughs> <laughs> Little kids! They'll just say what you tell them to say. Right, exactly. <laughs> it was a simpler time. So uh, Indy knows where to dig now, and he gets his own little digging crew to, uh, to dig up the Well of Souls where the uh, Ark of the Covenant lays. One of the things about the original Raiders is in the sequence, they're like digging it during night, and, uh, and they have all these lightning effects in the background, and they look kind of like not great anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's those kind of ghostbustery effects where where some of it looks really good, but all some of it looks you know kind of composited together and kind of weird. Yeah. But this they, they actually they have uh, like they have footage of an actual storm and they just use lights to recreate it and it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah, works. Yeah, I, 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 no complaints. <laughs> now, what doesn't necessarily work is when they open it and uh, they look down and see all the 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 floor is moving. Right. Because it's because it's not <laughs> basically like it's like I think they I think between the lot of them they had like a handful of snakes and then the rest of it's just like either like coax cable or like uh, uh, water hose painted black. It's and, like water hose yeah, exactly what yeah. it is. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. There's right. some real snakes at least. That's yeah. The there are thing. some real snakes. Asps very dangerous. You go you first. Go. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so yeah he goes down uh and um sala and indiana and they go down to get the, get the ark uh and of course they are found out because how could they not have been found out considering that their dig site was literally just a few feet away right. and of course we get the uh the very iconic uh very indiana jones line of snakes why did it have to be snakes <laughs> why did it have to be snakes <laughs> Uh, at the same time, of course, Marion and Belloc are um, are having their little confrontation where she gets him drunk. This is a, a kind of a weird sequence because uh, Belloc forces well, forces her basically to put on a dress, and seeing a fourteen year old undress even from behind is not something I want to. Right, exactly. Because because you even get a moment where there's a little side boob too, and you're like, oh, I don't want to see that. I, you know, I, like even a perf like me is like, eh, that's a little much for me. You know. Even a perv like you, like that. <laughs> I don't even want to know where your limits are, Mo. <laughs> well, it's, it's basically there. <laughs> I'm okay with most other things. I don't want to see a 14-year-old naked. Uh, we do. Uh, we also get the sequence where the um, the the torturing Nazi, the the I forget his name in the movie. Um, yeah, I don't either. I don't forget. I don't remember either. Uh, it's a god. Gobler or something like that. Anyway, the the of course the one who has the thing burned in his hand. He comes in with the torture device that's really just a coat hanger. Right. Uh, and they, they do that too. They have it perfect. <laughs> I, I just love the little detail that they're recreating here. <laughs> well, some some little details are pretty easy, you know. Yeah. Right. So they, uh, as you may recall, Marion and Indy get trapped in the Well of Souls as the Nazis and Belloc take the Ark. Oh, you know, uh, this this scene right here where they're stealing the Ark back has one tiny little touch that I kind of both love and hate, 
but I mean, but I love it more than hate, but I like, I like every time they show the reverse shot where it's like a, like it's indie looking up, like right. th- there's like the blue sheet behind them, you know, <laughs> you know, the sky, <laughs> the sky, it's a blue sheet, <laughs> but, but it's so great. It's, I mean, it's so terrible because it's literally like a foot behind them, you know, but it's so great because they thought to put the blue sheet up behind them to, sh- to imitate the sky. This must have been such a huge pain in the ass of a sequence to shoot because in in the in the film it's this big room and he has to climb a statue and the statue falls over and breaks a big piece of the wall and they have to they have to do this without a big statue and without a wall they can really break yeah i mean because the big statue that that they're using um i mean is essentially the size of indy you know yes (laughs) he crawls up it and he's making an effort to make it look bigger than it is but it's not you know it's not towering yeah it's really not but it falls over and it breaks through something yes. and and Marion ends up uh, encountering a bunch of skeletons as she did in the movie. Uh, and they even have the one, the skeleton and these skeletons actually look really good. The skeleton uh, did look really good. Uh, they have the one with the snake crawling out of its mouth, which is such a great, I just love the idea that these kids are like, yeah, we got to have the one with the snake in its mouth. Yeah, Put it in its mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the snake wrangler? Come on, go do this. So in the movie, in the original movie, the next sequence includes the airplane fight scene, the one that we talked about earlier. And it's it kind of telling how kind of superfluous that scene is that they they went right to the 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 it being loaded onto a truck and it being sort of the the car chase uh fight sequence from from Raiders of the Lost Ark. It right. just cuts right to that. And it doesn't really miss a beat, especially because it's even as is the movie is like an hour and forty minutes. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's you know, because I you know, I, I was going to run the two movies next to each other as I watched them. And that would have thrown everything off. Cause, cause it certainly would. Cause that scene wasn't there, but well, you know, not, not doing that, not having them run next to each other. You don't even notice it. No, not yeah, really. And yeah. though it'll be interesting to see them recreated as, as you know, adults, right. Right. <laughs> With $50,000 to spend, uh. uh, which by the way, I think this entire movie, uh, you know, it, when they started, it certainly was literally no budget. But over a period of seven years, they still spent less than even a lot of the productions we cover on this show. Right, right. So the next sequence is the big car chase where there, there's like a number of trucks and Indy is fighting on trucks and under trucks and getting the shit beat out of him in trucks. And this is probably the the second most dangerous looking sequence in the movie. It is pretty terrifying looking. I mean, it's pretty obvious that some of the, some of the shots where, um, uh, what, 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 what they call it? The, the poor man's process. Is that what it's right? called? Yeah. You know, like it's obvious that there were some shots used like that, but some of them are not, you know, like there, there are definitely scenes where they are actually driving with actual kids hanging on the actual sides of these big trucks. It's kind of, again, not stuntmen, not stuntmen, just kids, kids. And like, especially like the scene where, where Indy's being dragged, you know, like he's hanging onto the front grill of the truck and, yeah. it's, and it's falling apart. And like, they did that. Like, I mean, like for reals. Uh, the, this, uh, this sequence is notable as well because the truck that the, all the kind of fighting happens in the major fighting, uh, didn't have an engine in it. It it didn't move Mm. when they were making it. So it had to be pushed from behind in all shots that are shot from that angle and then pulled by another vehicle in the shots from the other angle. So the whole time it's moving, but it can't move by itself. Right. 
<laughs> Which is sort of how they do it, I guess, when they're actually making the movie anyway, that it's usually pushed or pulled. But it's, uh, it's, it's sort of noticeable if you're looking for it. But for the most part, it just looks dangerous and scary for these kids. Right, exactly. And they, uh, and they do manage to, uh, to fit in at least one Wilhelm scream, so that's good. And we, ha- <laughs> and we, have, uh, we have audio of that, so we'll, we'll play that right now. <laughs> oh, I love the Wilhelm scream. I love that. I love that they took like they're using the music from the movie all right, throughout right, it, right. but they don't really. And they use like some of the punching sound effects and stuff like that because I think they had like a recording of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, they were specifically trying to take it. But the that they even at the point when this was made knew how important it was to fit the Wilhelm scream right, into it. Right. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> I mean, remember, you know, pre nineteen eighty nine, that's not something that everyone would be thinking of, right? Pretty cool, uh, though. They uh, they do do the sequence where Indy is is like, he's holding onto the grill of the front and he falls underneath the vehicle and the car goes over him and then he drags behind like you mentioned. Yeah. It doesn't work exactly like it does in the original, but hey, man, they're they're doing a lot of crazy stuff here. Yeah, uh, yes, I mean, crazy is definitely the word, especially this scene. It's it looked uh, like anybody could have died at any moment, <laughs> like for reals. So uh, they do get the arc back. And uh, and the next sequence involves well, you might remember that it's like a giant ocean liner that Indy and Marion finally get a little bit of alone time in, uh, and uh, the there's kind of a shifty looking captain that you're not sure if you're supposed to trust him or not, uh, and they have a boat, they use a boat. Yeah, it's not quite as large as the one, <laughs> but it's a fucking boat. Right. <laughs> um, I only the only reason I bring this up for the sequence is the there's a, a pretty hilarious scene where Marion um, moves a uh, a mirror yeah and it whacks Indiana Jones in the chin right and I just wanted to have the audio of that. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> we also this is our our one uh, male topless scene in the movie. Yeah, uh, that's unfortunate. It's uncomfortable for me. It is uh, a little uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't want to be judging the physique. No, no, I'm not. Movie. I'm not at all. It has more to do with the fact that it's just a topless fourteen year old boy, you know, or whatever. <laughs> it's like a... I just don't want to end up on any lists. If yeah, I exactly, help exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm probably already on a couple of lists, so I don't want to be on any more. <laughs> so the Nazis uh, do catch up to the boat uh, yeah. after after Indian Marion's one night of passion, I suppose. <laughs> Which again, we're not supposed to talk about. Yeah, or think let's about. not even talk about that. Uh, and then and the Nazis do indeed take the Ark while Indy hides. Uh, he doesn't hide inside. It was like one of those like a, a steam pipe in the original, but now he's just kind of looking out a porthole. Right. Does the same job. Now. Uh, you might recall that Indy catches up with the Nazis by jumping onto their submarine. <laughs> In this one, we see him climbing around a submarine equivalent, let's say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we see some shots inside the Nazi submarine, which look like they were shot inside a submarine. It's insane. Like, again, you know, like, because the scene where he, where, where Indy climbs up the side of the boat, that's obviously not a submarine. I think it's like a fucking, like, destroyer or something. It's like yeah, a, it is. It's, but he's, like, climbing all over it. Yeah, and it's like, what the fuck? Fuck! Like, where just did... run over there and start climbing on? Shit. Yeah, exactly. Like, it almost makes you wonder if, like, they if he just if they like gorilla styled that shot or something, you know? <laughs> just, <laughs> just do it. Don't worry about it. 
You only need to do it once. It's okay. Yeah, because the whole thing's done from such a from such a distance that it really makes you think like this was not you know was not nobody was given permission to do that. <laughs> no, it's less likely that they climbed inside a submarine. And no, no, <laughs> yeah, that they probably got permission to do, but <laughs> so. Uh... I don't even really know how this works in the original movie. Indy is on top of the submarine, and I guess he just rides it the entire way that he's supposed to be going in hopes that they don't that submerge. They don't submerge, yeah. <laughs> well, he does the same thing here, yeah. and it works. Uh, he goes with the Nazis, and of course, there's the scene where Indy steals the Nazis' clothes, um, and he beats up the Nazi, and his hat flies up, and he catches it. It's all wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they hit all the beats. They really do. And uh, eventually we get to the point where all the Nazis are uh, marching to the site where Belloc is going to open it, and Indy is on the hill above them with his rocket launcher. Right. His rocket launcher, Mo. Yeah, and this kid has a fucking rocket launcher. Well, this particular rocket launcher, I wrote that it's only slightly more convincing than the one in Rock, Paper, Scissors, <laughs> <laughs> which is made out of a couple of plumbing parts that, right. we, that we've glued together. The PVC rocket launcher. <laughs> But, you know, we know what it's supposed to be. Right. But Belloc, of course, calls Indiana's bluff. And this is probably Belloc's best acting moment. What is this, 13? Yeah. We are simply passing through history. This. This is history. There we go. You might have heard in that line reading that his voice actually changes. Yeah. As he says it. Yep. <laughs> Again, that that's the sort of thing you don't get in your regular movie. We Someone are simply changing. Pass, we are simply passing through history. This This is history. This is history. <laughs> now what everyone wants to know, and the first thing I did when I got a copy of this movie was Jump let's r- skip jump ahead. right to the face melting scene. Let's skip right to the face melting scene and see how the fuck they managed to do this. I gotta tell you, I actually really enjoy the f- I mean it's not, I mean it's terrible, but I mean I really enjoyed what they did for the face melting scene. I mean it just works. It's I mean, it's so super low budget, so, so super low tech, you know. It's the one visual like like it's the one sort of effect in the movie that is not uh, just like a physical effect right. is in this sequence where they overlay. Now, again, if for those familiar with the original, as you almost certainly would be, there's a when the Nazis open up the ark and they find the sand in there, and at first they're disappointed and they think nothing's going to happen, and then a bunch of ghosts show up. Right. Right. Uh, those ghosts are in this case. They're like overlaid and animated sort of. Yeah, it's not bad. Screen. It's actually not bad. Yeah. Like they swoop around and swoop around the characters like like they're supposed to. Yeah. Uh, and I love like when th- when shit goes bad uh, with those ghosts in the original version, you know, you get that kind of uh, a woman's face who kind of show- it turns into like a skeletal right, ghost's right, face. Right. In this case, they just sort of <laughs> overlay a skeleton head onto it. Well, yeah, like, yeah, they, like they have the uh, well, no, they have a girl, like an actual girl, come mm-hmm. out, and she's kind of like float, you know, quote unquote, floating in this, and then she just sort of turns, like it's like a smash cut into the skeleton, you know. But yeah, but the but the face melting itself, I thought worked. Actually, I really liked the when it starts and like there's like that, you know, that 
edge of of melted whatever kind of falling off the the brim of his hat yes they just have kind of goo melted goo coming down his face as opposed to like an actual person's face as opposed to a uh uh a melting kind of oh faked up version of his head right right exactly though they do for belloc they actually do have a head a fake head that they blow up (laughs) I was so happy to see that. I was like, okay, I see. They're trying to to fudge it a little bit, but they better have someone's head explode. (laughs) Oh, they do. Oh, they do. (laughs) They do. (laughs) We just need that one exploding dummy head uh, just to to, to balance everything else. That's that's Uh, the important part. And while all this is going on, uh, Indy, again, another iconic line. I like how he's even trying to copy like the the vocal. Yeah, he sounds like, he sounds like him. Yeah, keep yeah. your eyes shut. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know this. Oh, and also they do the lights, the the, the lights hitting the Nazis. Right. I think they did that really well too, where they just sort of have like <laughs> it's a little hard to explain. They have a lot of light shining at people for one thing. Well, they uh, yeah, I think they also have like sparklers on like yeah. people's backs and stuff. It's kind of fucking crazy. They they're really making an effort to come as close as they can, considering they had nothing to do it with. Right, right. I I, I love it because in the original movie, everything culminates in the scene, and it is so kind of nuts and chaotic, and they still capture that kind of chaos, right. which is the most important part of it. <laughs> I mean, chaos like this. That's right. That's right. They are. <laughs> Something of spirit. I don't know. <laughs> they are. We I was hoping we get the music. There we are. We are a nation of beliefs. I love that song. So they get the Ark and they bring it back to the great United States of America. <laughs> oh, porn. Uh, <laughs> it's true. Uh, and they bring it back to the men from the government. And these men look incredibly different than they did at the beginning of the movie. I, I, I like to think of it that this was like the last thing they shot and that o- other sequence was like the first thing they shot. Right, right. <laughs> so, so the actors have literally gone from prepubescent boys to, to full-grown adult. To full-grown adults. Right. <laughs> it's so funny to think of like the kid with the gray, like the fake gray hair and facial hair put on and talking and it's like a little high pitched squeaky voice. And at the end, they're just adults now. <laughs> we had quite an experience finding this art. <laughs> well, that, well, that went well. <laughs> Thankfully, uh, these government guys have some top men working on it. Mm. Top men. Uh, I, I see a lot of top men in my daily profession. What is that again, Mo? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, if you don't actually say it, people are going to think it's something a lot worse. Than yeah, that. I know. Yeah, well, I work in a uh, in an adult video store. We'll just say that. Top and bottom men, I would say. Lots of tops, lots of bottoms. So they seal up the <laughs> Ark of the Covenant, <laughs> and they put it in a massive room of boxes that just goes on endlessly. Yep. Or it could be just a storeroom somewhere. <laughs> With no matte paintings to extend the room in this case. It's just a big room full of boxes. Right. But it works. It worked. It works. It says don't and, open till doomsday. That's right. And it's <laughs> it's a uh, a bittersweet ending 
for Indiana Jones. He gets the girl, but those fools, they know not what they have. <laughs> yep. In loving memory of Snickers. <laughs> In loving memory of Snickers the dog. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the monkey. Now, uh, did you notice anything, Mosive, uh, about the closing credits of Ra- Raiders the Adaptation? You would think that I would learn to actually sit through all the credits, but no, nah, I, I didn't. I didn't sit through them, so I, don't, I have no idea what you're about to talk about. Then you had no idea that this was in loving memory of Snickers. Yeah, I didn't even see the loving memory. You, you told me about it before we started recording, and I, that's the first time I had seen it. The, the, the credits end like the last thing on the credits is uh-huh. a quote from Jim Morrison. Oh, God. Okay. It's, this is the end, my only friend. The end. Father, I want to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what my, uh, do you know what my, <laughs> that, that makes me think of this. <laughs> Indeed, that's, that's our opinion of the Doors. Sorry, that's, everybody. That's my end. <laughs> Ride the snake to the lake. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> The snake is long, seven miles. Come on, baby! <laughs> that's every door song. Yeah, that's actually that's so, actually almost every dancing song too. <laughs> uh, well, that's the end. That's the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, the adaptation. A truly odd, I mean, an oddity is what it should be called. Right. Uh, and, and one of those things that you could do it now. But it wouldn't feel like nearly as much of an accom- as as an accomplishment because the things that they had to struggle to create can be done so much easier now. Right, right. Uh, and and I mean, I, even coming down to the visual effects and of course the quality of the the, the filmmaking equipment that's out there. Uh, I mean, they were kids with no experience, and they scraped and scrobbled and screwed and scrimmed until they got. <laughs> Everything that they needed to make this movie. Yep. And shrimmed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, but and, and the final result speaks for itself. And what I kind of love about the story behind this is that they created it, they finished it, they released it, and then they all just moved on with their lives. Yeah. Right, because there's at, at what there was nothing else they could have d- done with it up to that point. Yeah. What, what were they going to do? Temple of Doom next? Right, exactly. And they were adults. They, they had their own lives and their own girlfriends and wives and families. So they all kind of they, – they really never expected it to be kind of found again. I imagine it was one of those things where people every once in a while would discover it and be like, hey, those are those guys. But aside from that, the idea that they would then get to meet Steven Spielberg, which they all did right. uh, years later, and Steven uh, Spielberg saying that it was the greatest compliment ever paid to him was that – they remade it shot for shot. I mean, those are the kind of things which can only really sort of happen in this internet age where, where information connects together in these kind of odd ways. Hey, Doug, I think you and me okay. and, and, uh, and, and uh, all of our listeners, they need to be involved, uh, should remake Jaws. Yes. Shot for shot, Jaws remake. I know I'll, where we can get some water. I'll, I'll play the shark. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just be like, nom, 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 nom. I'll play Richard Dreyfus. Nice. Uh, and, and Robert Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't have a Robert Shaw impression. Oh, let's hear it. Let's hear your best Robert Shaw. No, I said I don't have a Robert no, Shaw. No, I know what you said. I know. <laughs> I, I have a Richard Dreyfus impression, but it's only what? it's only Richard Dreyfus as Dr. Leo Marvin in What About Bob? Well, let's hear it again. Bob! That's it. That's my... That's my it's terrible, but that's, that's Who it. Who replaced... Mo with Richard Dreyfus. Exactly, exactly. One one single word. <laughs> well, that I'll shut up now. I was going to do my Robert Shaw, but I, I was going to try the. <laughs> for that, you get the head, the the tail, the no. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> let me let me try to do it in an Irish accent. All right, do it. For that, you get the tail, the tail, the whole damn thing. Right. That's not bad. That sounded just like Robert Shaw. That is perfect. Uh. Yes, so this movie was an accomplishment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they recently, the creators have gotten back together and have raised $50,000 using a Kickstarter campaign to film that one scene that they missed out on. And I'm looking forward. The weird thing about this, by the way, is I don't understand how they're going to release it afterwards. Yeah. I should, maybe I should have done a little more research on this because, again, this has not been released in any official capacity for obvious reasons. Right. Though it would be nice. This would be like a great thing to toss on as like a special feature on a, like a Blu-ray set or something like that. Right, right. Uh, just, just to get it out there, but maybe that might happen at some point in the future. I know that, that they have to be so careful about that kind of shit because to endorse it would probably leave them open legally for a bunch of shit they don't want to deal with. Right, right. But I think of uh, of recent large campaigns that are very similar to what they did, like that RoboCop remake, which right. recently came out, which is so fucking great, so great. Uh, and and the Star Wars shot for shot uh, thing where they got where they've cut it into sequences, just like with RoboCop, right. and had people recreate it. And I just love that sort of massive. Um, yeah, well, when you have these movies that have such like huge cult followings and such massive appeal, that like there would actually be interest in that sort of thing, right? It's pretty, exactly, it's pretty cool. Yeah, but but in of course in those cases, they've all been split apart and different groups of people, and so sometimes exactly. with budgets, exactly. take you know they'll they'll recreate like a two minute thing. These are guys again, hour and forty minutes, seven years, eight years, incredible amount of work, and it's uh you know good on them. I'm gonna. Give them a little round of applause. Excellent. <laughs> looking, looking forward to seeing, uh, seeing the final scene come to fruition. So, Mo, you might have uh, remember that on the previous episode, uh, we had some folks who donated some money to help us keep our server costs going. Wow. Uh, and we did get one more donation from uh, Ryan Navarro, a good friend of ours from over on Twitter. Uh, always been a big supporter of the show. Good guy. Good guy, a good guy, and and thanks so much for uh, tossing some money our way. I think we're going to be okay, guys. We're going to be okay. Yay! Yay! We did it. The station's ours. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mister! <laughs> <laughs> do you have any more of those shares left? I want you to do an entire show in that voice. <laughs> thanks, hey, Mister. Thanks, Mister. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are some people listening who don't know what the who fuck. Who have no talking. idea what we're talking about. <laughs> Mo, oh, yes. on the next episode of No Budget Nightmares, which film will we be covering? I believe that we said we are going to cover finally. Because it's been a while and it's been asked for. It's been a while. Oh, God, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the, uh, we're going to cover 
uh, truth or dare, right? Is that what we said? Truth we, or dare. Is that what we said? I, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I know. We only talked about it like an hour and a half ago. And I'm like, all right, what are we talking about now? I like how you prefaced it by like, it, it's about time for us to cover this. Is this the movie we're covering? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be covering the 1986 uh, shot on video classic Truth or Dare, right. A Critical Madness by Tim Ritter. I love Tim Ritter. Uh, this was one of the uh, films that was most requested on our last poll, uh, and it's one of those uh, movies that, unfortunately, uh, I didn't get a chance. Just recently, they did a theatrical screening Ooh. of Truth or Dare out in Toronto that I did not manage to get out to, but oh, uh, I had a lot of friends who did, and uh, I mean, everyone loves this movie. We're going to have a good time with it. It's, this one's going to be a fun one. Not like this one. <laughs> no, no, no. This 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 one was interesting. That, that, <laughs> this, this was a... Um, I don't know this was this was one we we like we had to do you know like we had to do the adaptation because it's such an accomplishment and it's such a uh, a known entity and it's such a, 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 a an oddity as you put it you know and I think I think with Truth or Dare it's such a classic it's such a well known film of the no budget sort of you know ilk that uh, that I think it's it's going to be a lot of fun to to, to cover that I think it's going to it's going to be great. Yeah, the, the, the Raiders adaptation, some people might actually take Bach a little bit at the idea of us covering it. Well, but, fuck them. Well, fuck their <laughs> stupid asses, is what I say. Fuck their balking. Well, let's not go too far. But, uh, <laughs> but, but the fact is that the spirit in which it was made is exactly the sort of thing that we try to celebrate on the show, right. which is that they wanted to do it. They were passionate about it, so they went ahead and did it, and they weren't as concerned with the resources they had available. They pieced it together as it came, but the inspiration and the, that, uh, that, re- that passion does show up on screen, and that's why even though what you're watching is not an $18 million movie like Raiders of the Lost Ark was, you still get that feeling of, wow, isn't this an incredible accomplishment when you watch it? Wait, that feeling of... Wow. <laughs> oh, that's right. I went wow over throughout the entirety of the entire uh, movie. Um, obviously, it's sort of a sliding scale for something like that because we know they're kids, because we knew uh, some of the story behind the making of it. Mm-hmm. But so, any way you slice it, it's still an entertaining movie because of what it is. Right. Uh, and, and like we said at the beginning, man, it's still got higher production values than some other movies we could name. Wow. Wow. Yeah. But next time on the No Budget Nightmares podcast, yes, Tim Ritter's Truth or Dare. It's my favorite Madonna tour. Mm hmm. <clears throat> Warren Beatty. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> I just thought of, just talk about Warren Beatty. And on that note, Mo, if uh, someone wants to find out more. Oh, no, about- right. We have other things we have to do too, right? <laughs> Can't just can't just can we just end it there? Come on! (laughs) If someone wants to find out more about No Budget Nightmares or yourself or myself, what's the best way for them to do so? Uh, Psychically, they could do that. Uh, They could contact us. The easiest way is on Facebook to contact Uh us. Facebook.com slash groups slash No Budget Nightmares. Come join the group. Join the conversation. Um, You know. (laughs) You, you seem so, you seem so enthusiastic about if, it, Mo. No, no, they should. You know, I, I, I don't know. I've been, I've been a little annoyed lately because we've been getting weird requests. You know, for people to join who like. I mean, if you, if you're going, let's put it this way: if you're going to ask to be in the group and you don't have 
like any mutual friends like in the group already uh try to have something on your facebook page that indicates that you're into film <laughs> you know because otherwise i'm going to think that you are spam and i'm not yeah. going to and we've it. had a few spammers try to join yeah. though we've had some really great people lately we also had scarlet fry join recently oh god <laughs> so let's hope he doesn't find out about that review. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> we we've had situations like that in the past. That we, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, right. no, I stand entirely by what I said about that. And yeah, uh, yeah, no, we're done with that. Um, what else? Oh, so if they wanted to, they could also contact us on Twitter. I'm at drunk on VHS. You are at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T I L L E Y. E-Y-W-N-B-C. <laughs> you can also find uh, archives of all of our previous shows over at nobudgetpodcast.com. You can and also email should. us. Yeah, you can hop over there. You can uh, you know check out all of our previous episodes, including I Am Here dot, 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 now, now. by Neil Breen, <laughs> which was our previous episode. <laughs> uh, and again, you can contact us through there or link to uh, both our iTunes uh, if you want uh, to sign up or Stitcher or uh, if you just want to check us out on our various social networks. There's links there. You know, it's kind of funny. I've had uh, a couple of people, you know, a couple of people uh, going back to listening to old episodes of my show and old episodes uh, of No Budget Nightmares and commenting on things that I've said in yes. previous episodes. So I had to put like a little disclaimer out there that like, like I, I, I just want to let you guys know that like after we're done recording, I don't remember a goddamn thing I said on any of the, I, like, I don't know what I said in, you know, in, in any of these of, of the previous shows. I, you know, I tend to forget like the second we're done. Like I'm, I, you know, like as soon as I'm done editing and it's out there, I, I don't remember. So, I mean, like if you got if you want to bring something up to my attention, <laughs> do me a favor and like, give me like, Context clues. Yeah, give me some kind of context clue, like uh, like the episode, and maybe like a um, like a time signature, you know, <laughs> like a timestamp. Not so that, that you're I, gonna go back and listen to so, find out what the fuck you said. Yeah, well, I, I might. I mean, I I mean, generally, if I'm if I'm gonna respond to something that somebody said about, uh, about something that I said on a show, I have to go back and listen to what I said. Fair but it, but it does kind of crack me up, Pat. Like, I mean. And it's been a couple of people. I know there's there's probably one person going, yeah, it's definitely me. But it's been a couple of people, so don't don't. Think but it's, it's probably just, you. But so. it's but it's. I mean, no, you're definitely one of them. But by the been, way, even though we might not remember what we said, we certainly do stand by what we said. Unless I don't stand by what I said, because opinions are always subject to change. You know, not mine. I'm. <laughs> I'm I'm like your uh, American politicians. I refuse to change my opinions. Oh, you're not a flip flopper. Not a flip flop. I, I want to sell your future short, uh, <laughs> but uh, but no, I'm not. Uh, uh, you're absolutely correct. You know, and, I, and obviously, I don't I don't say that from a place of anger or anything like that. I don't care if you you know if you mentioned old episodes to me. Just let me know what I'm ta- what I was talking about so that I can respond. I will say in all seriousness that when it comes to opinions about the movies we cover, yeah, those can change as well. But, yeah. I mean, we cover them in a certain amount of detail. So those, I feel like, are pretty, you know, if not in stone, there isn't a ton of wiggle room there. Yeah, I mean, as far as the details of the movie, sure. Yeah, right. Yeah, and the but, stuff we liked and didn't like when but, we were watching it. But I've definitely, uh, yeah, I've definitely had films that I've that I've watched the first time and didn't really care too much for and then gone back and, you know, changed my opinion slightly on. Like, I think... Um, 
I think So More Did It Be might actually be the best example of that. And I haven't really talked about it much, but I did actually go back and watch it again. And, huh. and I'm kind of more on your side at this point now, where it's like, you know, like, I mean, I still, all of my opinions are the same. Like, I, I still liked what I liked and didn't like sure. what, I, what I didn't like. But I think overall, I think that the, the, the scale has shifted enough that I, that I ultimately, because now I really want to watch like more of uh, uh, Fabian, Fabian Rush. Rush's films, you know, and we've been trying to uh, fairly unsuccessfully, but uh, he's a Facebook friend. Maybe I'll just check him out. Yeah, we should, we should uh, see if we can do that. <laughs> That's interesting because if you think back to that show, we agreed on almost everything. It just was, again, that pendulum. That's just, all it was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, you know, on that but note. But anyway. Anyway. It's been a while. Oh, God. Um, but uh, before we finish up, Mo, is there any other uh, places that we're going to find you? Uh, we mentioned at the beginning of the show you're going to be doing some live Drunk on VHSs upcoming. Oh, yeah. That's on the From Dusk Till Con network. Uh, you can find them on Facebook. Just search for uh, – I believe you can search it under F whatever. Uh, from Dusk. D? Yeah. <laughs> If you look up the FDTC network, I that's th- such a mouthful, you know? And, like, to say it either way, it's just so, like, come on, guys. Couldn't we just call it, like, Radio 1 or something? I don't know. I think that but, one's taken. I think it is taken. But, I mean, yeah. So, from the from the, from Dusk Till Con network, uh, which, let's just say I'm going to try to avoid saying as often as possible. Um, Do the hard sell right here. <laughs> But you should definitely go on there. There's some good shows on there. Uh, Wednesday nights, it's... Uh, oh, man, I wish I had actually done some prep prep work on this one. But that's what I'm on. I'm on Wednesday at 9. Uh, my lead-in is a um, is a music program. Uh, it's all, like, punk and metal. And then after me is, uh, is Traumatic Cinematic with Louis Kugel. And then... Um, after him at the midnight slot is uh, John Cross with the After Movie Diner, but it, but me and Lewis are are both live. John's shows will remain to be pre-recorded because it would take a team of trained monkeys to put that shit out live. Yeah, that's right. His one is kind of reliant on a lot of the post-production. Now that's nine Eastern Standard Time. Eastern Standard Time. The best. Best standard of time, if you ask me. The only standard of time. The only standard. I shouldn't even have asked. Fuck Greenwich Mean. (laughs) And you will find me on upcoming episodes of uh, both the After Movie Pod, After Movie Diner podcast. (laughs) Sorry, John. Uh, And uh, on the Cinema Beef podcast, I think both of us are on upcoming episodes of that uh, covering Walter Hills. Walter Hill films. Yeah, that's right. Uh, It was nice of Gary Hill to have both of us on. And apparently every other person we know as well. Yeah, it's literally everyone. Uh, <laughs> and then and then at some point in the near future, I'll have I'll have you on because I know that we wanted to do um, club life, so that would be that that's going to be a fun one. Club life, yeah, that's right. And and, and at some point, Mo live on your show, we're going to have John and yourself and myself, and we're just going to have it out. Yeah, absolutely. For one hour straight. Yeah, no, that. Oh my God, you have any idea how crazy that would be? That's gonna be so much fun. I I just want to hear you try to restrain it. It's like it's like guys, five guys, minutes. come on, come on! I got five <laughs> minutes left. Seriously, you know they got it. There's another show coming on. I got to put like a song on. I still have to play my closing theme. Come on, let's just let's come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Traumatic cinematic has been postponed <laughs> indefinitely. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all from us. Yep. Yep. To you. Uh, keep an eye out for our next episode, Truth or Dare, uh, coming soon. And keep uh, an ear out 
for Drunk on VHS Live. Yep, yep. Well, I mean, listen to the pre-recorded ones too. I mean, every Wednesday. So uh, you know, they, we got we got a couple of pre-recorded episodes coming up in the next couple of weeks, and they should all be fun. And I'll I'll be in the chat room uh, while those are playing, like chatting up the audience and being like, "Hey, baby, Ooh. how's it going?" You know, mm, nice. And, uh, yeah, and they'll be like, uh, "We're all dudes here, so I don't know who you're talking to." And I'll be like, "The guys who come to my shop." Uh, anyway. <laughs> the end. Good night, everybody. Good night, folks. <laughs> the end. <laughs> With best friends, the challenge disappears. It transcends any childhood fears. The lens can capture seven years. We can. The plan was to find the ark Began at our 12-year mark A man as it fades to dark Instead of summering we're gonna make this thing It was tough But we adapted They had experience in cash But we could match it When you wanted this bad There's no need to explain Sometimes a boat is as good as a plane For shot on screen Just like Our favorite film had been We fell short By one crazy scene We have to go our separate ways But we'll still have these special days it was tough, but we adapted They had experience in cash, but we could match it When you wanted this bad, there's no need to explain Sometimes a boat is as good as a plane We were kids, but that can hardly matter a tribute was a treasure we were after Those seven years it was a fact We pulled it off, we could adapt We could adapt We could adapt And now After decades past Somehow We've been a 
Enough, you can have your blame. 